It's This Week in Bourbon, and we've got Fred Minnick in the house. What up? And here's your headlines for June 30th, 2023. The premiumization trend is now losing steam. The Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame will induct eight new people. And Booker's Bourbon is releasing the second batch of the 2023 collection called The Apprentice Bash. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com. And you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Hey everybody, it's a very, very special This Week in Bourbon. We're actually recording in our studio, but we've got everybody here today. Yeah, our numbers mm-hmm. were down on This Week in Bourbon, so we called Fred in to, <laughs> to, to pump them back up. Yeah. Bring in the lefty. Nobody, only, wants, nobody likes us. Worse. They don't like hearing from our dumbasses. <laughs> so only the authors with the NASCAR. Well, Except I'm he's not wearing, wearing a hoodie. I'm right wearing now. a hoodie right now in uh, in a warehouse. And he threatened to take it off earlier. And I'm sitting across <laughs> from him, so I'm glad he didn't. No, I'm kidding. Well, you know, uh, Kenny did want to see my breasts, so he did bring that up. Listen, I I just want to see what's underneath the covers. I, I could, you could say that about anything. You'd be like, well, behind the ascot. Yeah, I was like, what's behind door number two? I gotta know. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Yeah. Please back to the news. And that's why this one's not recorded. But before we dive into the news, we just want to talk about some upcoming stuff that we have going on. And so, Ryan, I know. We've been talking about the Bartstown Bourbon Company dinner for a while. That was, I guess, technically this releasing on Friday. That was last night. Yeah, but... we had a great time. Everyone loved <laughs> our collaboration. It's, it's sold flying out. off it's shelves. Sold out. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's not. It's flying off shelves, and you should be. No, but seriously, our collab uh, with BBC is coming out uh, Friday, this Friday, which is what is to 
was June thirtieth. June thirtieth. Okay. What I just said in the opening. I don't listen to you. I'm just. I'm just. Here, dang, guys. I'm kidding, but uh, you're all usually friendly. This is a whole new spin. I know. It just at least my wife can know I don't listen to you. Also, she's <laughs> like, you never listen to me. I'm like, I don't listen to anyone. <laughs> it's my ADD. I'm like, just thinking. I'm in the clouds. But anyways, sorry, Bardstown Bourbon Company. Our collaboration just came out uh, June 30th. Uh, it's out at the distillery. But if you're not able to make it to Bardstown, uh, you can buy these online. It's Sealbox is our partner. There's a very limited amount of these. It's very special. Me and Dan Calloway worked really hard on this. It's something very interesting, unique, very sweet, delicious, decadent. I think you're going to love it. Yes, for sure. And then also, if you happen to be in the Buckeye State in Ohio, well, guess what? The Oak Collection, our toasted bourbon, has now dropped in Ohio. So make sure you go out. There is going to be a list that I'm going to have on Instagram that you'll be able to go and find because there's, I think there is only, I think, 75 cases that went to the entire state. So it's very, very limited. So make sure you go and check out our Instagram to be able to see exactly which stores are going to have it and go and snag your bottle today. Mm. Yeah. And then, well, can you put a list of stores where we're carried otherwise? otherwise? Come again? Flag back to the that those we did the canned RTD episode before this, so I'm like a little loose lipped. But anyways, never mind. Just move on. Do you did you Just, lose sense of feeling in your tongue as well? Yeah, it's all that lemon and sugar, all the carbonation <laughs> and all the carbonation yeah. starts getting them there. Uh, as well as if you want to check out more pursuit spirits that are happening in your area, our ambassador team will be taking care of that. So on July eighth, whiskeys of the world in Nashville, Tennessee, and then as well as you're going to be on July fifteenth is Oakton Smoked in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And if you're going to be in, if you're a part of the trade, I will be at the Texas Package Store Association in San Antonio on July 30th. But Fred, since you're here, do you have anything coming up in the next month or so that people need to know about? So next month being July. Now, uh, the only thing I got coming up that's public is um, is the Evolution Festival with uh, the Black Keys and... Uh, Brandy Carlisle in St. Louis, August 24th and 25th. So go check that out, Evolution Festival in St. Louis. What are you going to be doing there? Going uh, for Darwin or something? I'm doing my I'm doing my blind bourbon and uh, teaching people about bourbon in, at a music festival. So what I, which is what I normally do. Lots of bourbon will be consumed. Go ahead, get your tickets. Line them up. Sounds fun. All right. Y'all, let's start diving in with some news. And this first one isn't bourbon news, but however, this is something we had touched on a few weeks ago. And now there's some more, I guess you'd say, news that came out. And that's because Sean Diddy Combs, you know, remember he filed a lawsuit against Diageo in May of this past year for neglecting their co-owned De Leon tequila brand because he thought it was because of his race. However, Diageo has now severed ties complete with Diddy. And Diageo, which co-owns the brand, has filed a response in relation to the lawsuit and is brought forward by Combs Wines and Spirits. Diageo claims that Combs made over $1 billion in the last 15 years from his Ciroc and De Leon brands, while investing only a measly $1,000 compared to Diageo's $100 million investment. It said that Combs' accusations were false and defamatory and were made to extract money from Diageo, and Diageo's court filing called Combs' lawsuits a sham. Wow. Darn. That's fascinating. I think uh, Diageo is feeling a little salty right now because, you know, they just lost their CEO. He passed away. And, you know, you're looking at a lot of company that usually takes the high road. And Diddy's one of those people that 
he's an A-lister, right? So he's he's an A-lister, and he can drag a company through the mud to include their stock price. If you take if you take a look, uh, the news aligning up with their stock price did not good. So they're coming out heavy with the punches. But thing is. You do business with celebrities, you're doing business with celebrities. So, you know. <laughs> you know this is going to. Well, you know, you their get. side is always going to be the one that makes the most noise, mm-hmm. not really coming from the, the other company. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be the, the tough one. Unfortunately, for them to re- general populace is going to side with the celebrity. Yeah. And, and to, for them to reveal their deal, like they're complaining about him investing $1,000. Well, how about all of the marketing he gave you? How about all of the shelf space he opened up for you. You know, he did things for that company that no distiller could ever do. And the fact that he only made, and I hate to say this, but he only made a billion dollars at that level over 15 years, to me, that's that's light. That that envelope feels light to me in comparison to what George Clooney was making. Yeah, well, that's what they used George Clooney as a lot of mm-hmm. uh, key data points in this, and at least from the, the Sean Combs side. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fascinating story. I can't wait to see like what comes out of it because it's uh, you know the answer is always in the middle, but it, it is fascinating seeing the the two different arguments. All right, I don't know. Well, let's move to some bourbon news here. So Casey Jones Distillery, it's a family-owned distillery known for its authentic, award-winning bourbons and moonshines, has announced that it has entered into its first contract as a bourbon producer for B H James Distillers, based out of Adairville, Kentucky. This landmark deal comes on the heels of a $2 million expansion at Casey Jones Distillery, which included the addition of a 1,000-gallon hybrid pot still, a 200-gallon custom-made square pot grandfather still, a new bottling line, and a new 3,200-barrel traditional rickhouse. The contract represents a significant milestone not only for Casey Jones Distillery, but for also Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and the Western Kentucky region, further solidifying its role in Kentucky's renowned bourbon industry and its commitment to regional growth. Casey Jones Distillery is now actively sinking additional contracts for distillation and intends to offer approximately 500 barrels per annum to non-distilling producers and investors, creating an opportunity for growth and partnership within the industry. It's fascinating because um, you got Bardstown expanding, you know, they have Green River, then you also have a few others in the works um, that haven't been announced yet, but we know that are behind the scenes that are going to be popping up in the mm-hmm. contract distilling. Then you have that, uh, the one that, uh, Craig Beam and the guy that Jackson, that you, Jackson, Jackson, yes, thank you, Jackson, uh, Jackson Purchase, Jackson, Jackson Purchase. Purchase, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's fascinating. Uh, you know, that, yeah, I, I hope the best for them. I mean, that's all. That's all I could say. I mean, I mean there's they're, a, there's they're a lot people. of there's a lot of I want to say the G words coming, but there's a lot of this coming online, and so it's gonna be hard. G to word, see. folks. He means glut. Yeah, <laughs> he's not talking about that other thing. <laughs> Hey, look, uh, look, Casey Jones, I know those folks. Great They've been people. busting their ass for 10 years or more. And for them to be able to generate revenue like this, man, that's awesome. My hat's off to them. And they have something um, that the others in development do not. They have Kentucky bourbon right now in a barrel that they say, well, come on up over here. You want to buy this barrel? Here, this is the amount right here. So they can entertain and take care of customers right now. So I think this is great for them. I think it's good uh, for people wanting to get in. Uh, is that space going to get crowded? Absolutely. But someone will screw up along the way and it'll work itself out. But uh, And if you make good product, you'll be all right. Yeah. 
And I also want to give a shout out to BH Jeans because uh, Sean McCormick has been a supporter of this podcast for a very, very long time. So congrats to him on being the first contract. Yeah, I feel like I, owe, I feel like I owe Sean a text or something. I think we were supposed to do coffee. I owed I. I think I forgot. Yeah, don't don't worry, Sean. He forgets about me as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point. Just I'm making shows here. up on time sometimes. Yeah, right? but yeah. congratulations. That's exciting. <laughs> sure. it's, it really is. So the first headline that I kind of talked about was the premiumization side of things. So this is some other information that came from Bev Elk Insights. This is, of course, Drizzly's platform. So in the summer of 2020, Bev Elk Insights reported on the premiumization trend that had taken a hold across the country. And Drizzly data showed that consumers were trading up to higher priced products across the entire beverage alcohol spectrum, especially in the early days of the pandemic. And that practice continued into 2022 with upscale products seeing more share growth on Drizzly than their lower priced counterparts. However, now the U.S. consumers concerned about inflation and other higher costs of living, trading up is starting to level off for some of the categories. And data from the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, otherwise known as Discus, which we all know of, shows an overall dip in the trading up during the first quarter of 2023. IWSR Drinks Market Analysis reports that all major beverage categories posted growth in 2022 across premium plus tiers, and that's actually defined as $22.50 or more per bottle of spirits, or $10 above more for wine. While the firm's latest consumer research further supports the trend, it's showing signs of fragility. The 2023 Drizzly Consumer Report suggests that inflation and recent spikes in the cost of living could be behind the slowdown. 66% of survey respondents reported that changing their alcohol buying behaviors during the past 12 months have been done due to, due to inflation. 17% reported buying cheaper brands than they normally purchase, and only 14% said they have switched to less expensive beverage categories. However, when asked about the types of beverages they are still willing to buy despite rising costs, 36% named wine, 27% chose dark liquor, and 26% chose white liquor. Not surprised. I mean, you had... There's a lot of things going on, inflation being one, but also two, people were making higher end cocktails at home. And then two, when you when you buy a premium bottle of spirits, it's not like you're uh you know, you're not just going through them as fast. So like, you know, in our case, like if I buy a premium bottle, it usually sits on my shelf for a year or two years, you know, before I go and replace that because you're you're not like consuming it as often. As, well, what do you consider premium? Because apparently IDFSR considers well, that I know twenty dollars fifty cents or more. <laughs> well, okay, then that's super premium, maybe. Yeah, I guess super premium in that case. So, I mean, you know, the economy is a real. What about concern. super super premium? We got. We're gonna start defining yeah. our own thing. Yeah. What is the next tier? Or I mean, it has add? to be luxury at that point, right? Anything that's like over a hundred dollars, I don't know what they consider it. Yeah, I mean, we'll call that the white uh, white glove market. Yeah. I, I hope it's not a continual trend, but I've, I've, you know, here in Kentucky, we've been, usually we're kind of not as sensitive to inflation because we don't have big boomer bust economies here. We're kind of more steady by knowing certain markets like in Colorado, Arizona and Florida and places like that. It's uh, a real thing. And so people might just be hanging on, seeing what's going to happen, hanging on to the money, trading down. Yeah. Let's be honest, man. Um, I'm, I'm not redoing a bathroom or a closet right now because- I'm scared of what's going to happen in six months, and and I don't I don't think it's just inflation. I think it's the the state of the world, and you know what usually drives us to drink is you know driving us to like drink something less than what we would normally. And uh, you know the category will be fine. People will continue to buy, and it's not going to hurt. And and in this world, 
if things aren't going up five to 10%, everyone starts crying. Oh, the market's about to bust. I mean, if something's, what what did the data say? How many points was it down? It wasn't, it wasn't down like a ton. Uh, now I have to read through there. I don't know, but oh, it's not, a, it's not a ton by yes, me. Yes, it wasn't. It, it, like, it just said that it's starting to level off. So it's not double digit losses. Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're talking. It's just kind of plateauing. We're, 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 we're talking about uh, a hitter going from like, uh, you know, a 12 game hitting streak to hitting, you know, once every other game. You know, he's still batting 320. You know, so I think that's what we're looking at here. It's not a people are still buying. It's not. It's it's not the end of the you know category, and I don't think it's even a sign. I think we're all just nervous as shit with what's happening with the economy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There has been a change in the. I would say that all consumer behavior, but there has been a, a change in the consumer behavior in general, just because people that were not in the pandemic as we were. Uh, a while ago. And I don't know if it, it is because of inflation, because uh, when I look at the, when I look at the shelves of bourbon, I, I don't see the prices going up dramatically or drastically. I mean, I know eventually like there are going to be some brands that are going to have to bump it up a few dollars, $2, $3, $4, $5, whatever it's going to be, because our bottom line of what it's going to take to get the raw materials, that's also increased over the past two years. But there are some brands, including ourselves, where we have not done that and we are going to continue to not do that unless it becomes truly detriment to our business. But, you know, most people probably hopefully see through that. And if you're one of those people that are going around and you're trying a bunch of different bourbons, I don't think that you're going to be like, well, I just got to start drinking early times and Maker's Mark again. I just don't see that happening, at least for our particular audience. Well, Maker's Mark would fall in that. Premium category if it's twenty two. Pretty much everything. Super would. premium. It'd now. be like Evan Williams Black or I guess that, that's sub twenty, right? Kessler's. You just get just, just go straight to Kessler's. Yes, there you go. Oh boy. No there. <laughs> All right. So our kind of last little news story here is that the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame will induct eight individuals into its elite ranks this fall. And it's including distillery founders and craftsmen, influential government leaders and groundbreaking activists, and the first father and son to share the prestigious honor in the same exact class. So this year's inductees in alphabetical order are as follows. So Dr. Jerry O'Dalton, he's a retired master distiller from Jim Beam. He's a 22-year industry veteran. Dalton worked as a chemist for Barton Brands before moving to Jim Beam, where he spent 12 years, finishing out his career as master distiller, succeeding the legendary Booker No. The late Mrs. Dixie Sherman DeMuth, she was the owner of Dixie's Elbow Room. She was a bar owner of the 1950s. DeMuth took her fight for women's rights to the Kentucky Supreme Court, which overturned a 200-year-old law to allow women to serve and enjoy alcohol in public bars. Mayor Greg Fisher, the former mayor of Louisville, as a three-term mayor, Fisher has hailed for coining and promoting bourbonism, a burgeoning hospitality movement focused on Louisville's leading position in bourbon, tourism, and local food scenes. Mr. Pete Kamer, he's the owner in distillery engineering. Uh, after retiring from a 45-year industry career with Seagram's and Barton, Kamer started leading consulting businesses that helped him launch dozens of distilling companies, including many Kentucky craft distilleries. Mr. Joseph J. Magliocco, he's the president and CEO of Michter's Distillery. You notice how I put that little umph in there because I finally know how to say his name correctly. He's celebrating an industry career that spans 40 years. Magliocco re resurrected the story Michter's brand and brought it to Kentucky, helping to lead the Whiskey Row Renaissance into downtown Louisville. Mr. Dean Watts, he's former Nelson County's judge executive as the longest serving judge executive in Nelson County history, 
Watts created a hospital, sorry, a hospitable economic environment for the industry to flourish and welcome several distilleries during his 28 years in office. Mr. Chet Zoller, he's an author, historian, and co-founder of Jefferson's Bourbon. And after years of research, Zoller wrote Bourbon in Kentucky, a comprehensive publication of his findings, cataloging nearly a thousand distillers and brands across the bluegrass state. And lastly, Mr. Trey Zoller, another founder and whiskey maker and chief strategist or strategist, what do you want to say, of Jefferson's Bourbon. Since founding Jefferson's Bourbon in 1997, Trey has developed dozens of award-winning bourbon and rye expressions using unique blending and maturation techniques. Yeah, this is a great class. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of people I know personally that are family friends, Pete Kamer, Dean Watts, um, gosh, who am I forgetting? Trey, Trey. and Chet. Uh, so, and obviously Joe, we know. Um, yeah, we sat down with uh, Joe once or twice. This is a great class and couldn't be more happier for for these folks. Uh well-deserved and the bourbon hall of fame is such a cool event to go to like because you just you get to see these people that paved the way for so many in the industry and mm-hmm. it's like i don't know last year was the first one i went to in a long time and it was just like the sense of gratitude and gratefulness for everyone that's done so much for this industry to allow us to be able to do and chase our dreams and do what we do on a weekly basis so it's it's a very cool event and so happy for these folks i i just Oh, I mean, shit, he's, I, mad. he's mad his name wasn't in there now. Oh, not at all. No, I, I, <laughs> Another I, year, Fred. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not something, not something I think about, honestly. I, I don't feel like I am worthy, honestly, in comparison to the class that's coming in. Um, I mean, you, um, the woman, you know, she challenged uh, to have the rights for women, you know, having a bar serving alcohol. And I remember covering that portion in my book, Whiskey Women, to think about a, a society that wouldn't allow women behind bar a bar. I mean, it just it's odd. And and now we we take it for granted, but that was huge. Uh, Greg Mayor Fisher. Yeah. I mean, Mayor Greg Fisher, Mayor Greg, Greg Mayor Fisher, what a, that'd be. <laughs> That's his middle I mean, name. What, that guy, what he did for Louisville, I mean, we can't, a lot of stuff happened dur- during his time as mayor, but what he did for Bourbon was bigger than any politician ever. And he, he opened the door for tourism in Louisville. Um, and he, he truly changed, championed it. Yeah. He really did. And Joe from Michter's, my God, that guy saved a brand. And let me tell you, the amount of shit that he took when he moved to Pennsylvania, like stalwart from uh, a Pennsylvania brand like Michter's to Kentucky, that would be like moving the New York Yankees to Kentucky. That's how big of a deal this was. And he was he was often vilified. Um, uh, you know, there were critical pieces written about him from various magazines, to include some written by me. But the, man, that man weathered the storm. He never... He never broke from his vision. He always believed in kind of how they did their their processes. And I don't I don't know if there are in many more brands of bourbon that are in a more enviable position than Michter's. I mean, they have what he has done there has been amazing. It's amazing. And then Chad Zoller. Oh, this guy should have been in the Hall of Fame ten years ago, in my opinion. I've been I've been you know, screaming from the rooftops that this man should be getting in, you know, sending texts, private messages to people that he needs to be in. Um, and it's not necessarily because he he co-founded uh, Jefferson's with his son, Trey, who, by the way, is a maniac of uh, of doing things that no one else ever thought of doing, like the, the ocean thing. But 
But Chet, beyond the brand, this man is a brilliant historian, uh, an archivist. He he um, extracted tax records that have been gone, have not been found. He found them. He found old tax records that were nowhere and they're now in his book. And his book is a resource to people like me who, you know, don't necessarily always want to go through the painstaking treasury reports to see who paid their taxes in 1802. Um, but he, he found it out, though. He, he did all that. And so his, he's so important from for not just Jefferson's, but also for, for the uh, history of bourbon. And so this is such an amazing class uh, overall. And I... I, I can't imagine what it would be like replacing Booker, you know, and you've got all of these, you've got so many uh, great people in there. And well, Brian, I'm appreciative of the kind words, but I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that one day, but I don't think of it like that. And this is a class that uh, is definitely top notch. I cannot wait to be there and, and live stream this like I did last year. I wonder yeah. if the governor will be speaking again. I don't know. Taking all the credit from the bourbon. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But you know he uh, he uh, that was the first time a governor ever yeah, yeah. ever did that and it I didn't think that the KDA would was going to be able to get that tax repealed like they did and they end up winning that just goes to show you how hot bourbon is you know keep your constituents happy yeah but I you're right this is a this is an amazing class everybody here has a lot of clout they have a lot of background they bring in a lot of knowledge and I think this is a a lot of people that are inside here are very much. It's kind of a split, right? You have sometimes that are just like very industry people that people have just like never heard about. I mean, you look at Jerry Dalton. Of course, Fred, you know who he is. People in the industry know who he mm -hmm. is. But as the majority of people that are either listeners or just the general populace, they probably have no idea exactly what sort of impact that he had on it. Uh, and the same thing probably goes for a few other people here. I mean, I'm just fortunate. Yeah, Pete Kamer is one of the brightest minds in distilling. I mean, he knows so much and has done, had his fingers and hands involved in pretty much every major distillery in the new distillery operation. I mean, I can't even, he probably wouldn't want me to name them all because he doesn't like the spotlight, but he's a brilliant mind and he was my neighbor growing up. So uh, he's a, a good friend and I'm really happy for him. Well, we'll have to figure out if we can get him back on the show because the one thing I love about this is that at least three of the people on this list have been on the show before. So if you want to go and check out our interviews with Joe Maglioco, go and check that out. As well as we've done one with Chet and Trey together, which was probably a rare occurrence to actually have them both on the podcast yeah, at the same exact one. time. Yeah. But stay tuned. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus Magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. 
Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Hey everybody, we're back with bourbon release news time we got a few here to kind of go through and uh i mean i guess i'll just go ahead and just dive into it so the first one is that new york made hudson whiskey is introducing their new york straight bourbon whiskey five-year-old it's a pot stilled from mash grain of 95 percent corn five percent malted barley sourced from local family farmers in the hudson valley the kosher certified whiskey is then matured in american oak barrels for five years Oh, Tuttletown? Tuttletown? Tuttletown. Tuttletown. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. It was the first New York distillery to open post-prohibition, has been at the forefront American craft spirits movement ever since. This is where Hudson Whiskey was born out of the bold intention to make the state's first born, or first first born, first bourbon ever and celebrate the unrivaled spirit in New York. New York Straight Bourbon Whiskey, five-year-old, released at 92 proof and has an SRP of $50, uh, and it will be available on the Hudson Single Barrel Program, which also allows customers to hand-select their own exclusive cast through an immersive experience uh, through the tasting kit, as well as sample from five diverse uh, barrels to select from. Is that a straight read from their press release? Yes, it is. They didn't mention the founder, Ralph Renzo, or his son, Gable? Uh, nope. Nope. That's, that's, a bull, a, that's, that's a bull. That's a bullshit. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I mean, they, because they, they, they sold, sold out. Yeah. yeah so but, it's probably like Gable died a couple of years ago. I, I hate to hear that. Um, they didn't, they didn't honor him there. But so if you're the PR person behind that, start adding them in your press release. <laughs> you well, who knows? Maybe they, maybe this part of the, the disclosure is that they're not supposed to be in it anymore. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, screw that. <laughs> Ralph Renzo is the founder of that. I remember when they were trying to, Make a go of it, and you know, then they sold to William Grant. But at any rate, uh, hey man, you know, this is not the uh, bourbon most people are going to be lining up for. I'll just, I'll just say that it's not something that people get very excited about. The five-year-old uh, Hudson. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, like Hudson's had a, it's had a pretty tough road, uh, a, especially among critics and people like us yeah. alike. We've never always been favorable to it. But, I'm but they always, have their always audience. Willing to, I'm always willing to give it another shot. Yeah, they they, they have their audience. Uh, I'll say that. Um, but my my connection with that brand was definitely the Arenzos. Um Yeah, that's um, I I'll, I'll taste it. I, I look forward to tasting it, seeing if it uh, if it that extra year brings it to uh, the promised land. How about you, Ryan. S- Samezies. Samezies. <laughs> He's enough. Ditto. Yeah. So a new collaboration between Ireland's Clonakilty Distillery and Texas's Garrison Brothers Distillery brings a new Irish single malt whiskey to the market. The two whiskey makers noted that the seven-year-old Irish single malt is a fusion of Irish whiskey and Texas bourbon, matured in ex-bourbon barrels and finished another seven months in Garrison's Brothers' Balmoria casks. 
The tasting notes from this collaboration distillers note that this is limited edition, seven-year-old Irish single malt that features aromas. I don't like the other. Um, it has a, uh, the single malt clocks in at 117.6 proof, and this one-time bottling is now available at select retailers throughout Texas for suggested retail price of $70. What's a Balmorelli? It Balmer- sounds like a STD, doesn't it? Balmaria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <A> Balmaria. <laughs> I'm like an STD finished whiskey. Or Balmaray. I don't know how you, B-A-L-M-O-R-H-E-A. Balmaray, Balmaria, whatever. If Fred doesn't know, then we're screwed. It's not an STD. I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not that you know of yet. All right. Let's, let's go to the Google. All right. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. But and again, it's just a collaboration of just having uh, a sing- Irish single malt aged in X whiskey barrels that were then aged in more etch whiskey barrels or, or Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm really excited about that one. Um actually. So, okay. Tell us why. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love um you love Bomber. <laughs> I I no, I love Irish whiskey. I love Irish whiskey single malt. And what what was the what was the brand associated with the Irish whiskey? Clonakilty. Yeah. Um so that is uh, going going to be, and they're aging it a little longer in Texas. That is correct. Oh my God, that's going to be good. Yeah, the, go. the temperature and the, the the way Texas ages whiskey is uh, is fantastic. I love that, and I'm actually a fan of Garrison Brothers. I know a lot of people are not, but that's that they're my jam. I, I'm always willing to try more of it. I'll try it again. So Booker's Bourbon is proud to release the second batch of the 2023 collection, and this is Booker's Batch 2023-02, and it's called the Apprentice Batch. This batch pays this batch this batch plays pays homage. I keep saying play. It pays homage to the beginning of Booker Nose's distilling career when he first learned the art of making bourbon under the guidance of his cousin Carl Beam. Booker started working at the Jim Beam Distillery in 1952, and shortly after, Carl became his mentor. Carl was in charge and didn't put up with any foolishness. And he always made sure Booker was set straight. But even if Booker did mess around sometimes, he was a fast learner and was ready to put to work, which quickly got him Carl's approval. Two years after Booker started, Jim Beam purchased a distillery in Boston, Kentucky to increase production capabilities. Carl and Booker worked closely together to get it up and running, and eventually Carl handed over the reins to Booker. This is where he was able to experiment and master the bourbon-making process, and later on, the location was renamed the Booker No Distillery. Carl showed Booker the ropes at the distillery, but from there, he encouraged him to try things out on his own, which is when his work really started to shine. Booker's apprenticeship under Carl helped him become the master distiller and legendary innovator he is remembered as today. This is 125.5 proof. The age is seven years, one month, and two days, and has an SRP price tag of $90. Well, no one's going to say they're not looking forward to a Booker's release. Yeah. Those things are always exciting. Um, it is interesting here in the SRP. They finally, it's finally where they wanted it to be a few <laughs> yeah, years ago. They just I keep know. creeping up like $5 every <laughs> release and nobody, <laughs> nobody questions it. Yeah. It's like moving the age from the front to the side to the back. <laughs> to <just gone. laughs> and also it's like, how many, I wonder how many stories they have in the bank. Like oh, it, with Booker, there's endless. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole probably thousand page book of stories. They've got to have, they got to have, uh, like a, and, and Fred was telling me that he got, he got in trouble with his mom on a couple of them. And, and I was like, oh, you, you're not running it by the people before you <laughs> <laughs> got to fact check this yeah, stuff. So, I mean, but you know, you know, Fred, no, man, he just, he just goes and guns it and he's like, yeah, this is good. Let's do it. You know, and then it's funny, but man, I can't wait for this one. 
Yeah, we'll have we'll yeah. have it in the house by order of my of Jacqueline. So. Everybody's a big fan of the last one, so we'll see how it stands up. I don't think anybody's ever been a not fan of a Booker's release in the past. Well, there's for a couple for I guess like there was a couple of people who were like, yeah, you know, all right, kind best, of best Booker's of the last three years. Oh, geez, I don't know. I haven't had there them was all. one that was a ham one, I think. My favorite was Tea Batch. Tea Batch, that sounds right for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dots batch. I don't even know. I can't remember. There's some all. kind of ham one, or I don't know, ham bone, ham bone, or something. That Actually, I'm just good. making up words. I have no idea. What that's know. what it is. Yeah, something ham. Yeah, you fell for it. Yep. All right. Well, celebrity whiskey time. Country rock band Whiskey Myers is now staying true to its name by launching their very own bourbon brand. The band announced the launch of Uncle Chicken Sippin' Whiskey on this past Tuesday, and to launch Uncle Chicken's Whiskey Myers now partnered with craft whiskey producer Bespoken. Beyond the details, that is a bourbon. It's 94 proof. There isn't much to know about the product. There, so Bespoken's one of those- uh, Kind of like, like rapid age rapid sort of age, things. Yeah, yeah. Derek Jeter's an investor in it. Uh, so this brand hasn't offered any details on the mash bill, age, or how many barrels of the whiskey have been produced. And Uncle Chicken's is available online at unclechickenswhiskey.com for a suggested retail price of $60. Interesting, because so they, they, were, they were with Treaty Oak. Yeah, they, they did a like, collab, that Red Hand- it was something with Treaty Oak, I know, yeah. out of Austin, but I love Whiskey Myers. I'm going to see them in July in Milwaukee. If you're listening, Whiskey Myers, I'll be there. Hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll wave at you. But, uh, well, I'll connect you with the band. Oh. Oh, that would yeah, be they, awesome. Yeah, Uh-oh. they've been on the show and, you know, become friends with them. Well, I don't ask for much favors, but I might. Are you, is, uh, <laughs> do you know if uh, Matt Koziel's going to be there? Like, is he opening for them? Don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah, take a look at who's opening for it's them. me and my wife and brother and sister-in-law. We're going up. For a weekend trip. I'm sure everybody here loves to hear about your vacations. I know. Yeah, Sorry, no going, one cares. Fred, can you give me those tickets? <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting for them. Uh, I don't know much about Bespoken, I guess. Yeah, we have. We, oh, we, we, we oh, did a review right. of yeah, it yeah, one yeah. time, and we were kind of- cause Actually, we, it was pretty good, We it? thought it was going to be like the OZ Tyler thing. We're like, here we go. And then we tried it. We're like, well, it's not bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad. Yeah, I did a-, I did a um, I, I've, I've, They've been on my blind tasting panels and competition before. And I graded them like about like how, how I would Evan Williams. Like I didn't grade them badly. I didn't grade them great. Um, yeah, that's so. all fun. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like OZ Teller stuff. But they're not. I don't know what they're. I don't know their process. You know these these companies that have all this technology. They never tell you really what they're doing. You know they just give you kind of like a a bullet point. At, but, um, but they were they were nice people. So. But good, good for the good people. Good for them. You get to work with nice people. Whiskey buyers. <laughs> yeah, you seem like a nice. That's guy. That's a hell of a name, though. Was it Uncle Chicken's Bucket? Or what is it? <laughs> Uncle Chicken sipping whiskey. Uncle Chicken sipping whiskey. Okay, I like. Chi- I know. No, I like chickens. I knew I had them on my show, and their lead singer had a dip in the whole time while we were tasting. So he's like, "That's exactly the perfect brand name for them." You yeah. know, on brand. That's what yeah. Same. Well, if this one. Gives you any memories of trying to hide nudies from your parents? Playboy Spirits Rare Hair presents its ah! latest barrel discovery with Lucky Bastard, offering 2,500 limited edition bottles of their 30 year old Canadian whiskey finished in Pinot des Charentes barrels. I'm guessing here. It's a regional French aperitif making waves in the high end cocktail scene. The name Lucky Bastard pays homage to Playboy's legacy in gaming where the brand's captivating presence and influence have shaped unforgettable experiences. The limited edition bottle is 89 proof and is now available online for presale for $600 at rarehairspirits.com. 
Yeah, so that that's a uh, uh, barrel that's a French brandy that doesn't have designation like Calvados, Armagnac, or Cognac. Um, but uh, okay, <laughs> okay, thirty year. Hey, look, man, you remember thirty years ago when you were high nudie mags? That, well, I mean, just just yesterday. I would have been eight. <laughs> just yesterday. I would have been eight. Actually, what eight. do kids do today? Like kids today are like so spoiled, and actually, you all. <laughs> You all, you all really, were. You all don't you, look at you me had like had inter- you had internet. I didn't not till high school, like senior That's year. What high I'm school. saying, like when I was and when was I was like a dollar. teenager, you had to be you. You had to you and your friends like hid the nudies in the in the woods <laughs> in, in the, the aban- woods in the abandoned trailer <laughs> park. One a tin can, <laughs> you know. You, you had to hope that the someone's wife found out that they had like Playboys and threw them off on the side what, of the road. What'd you give them a map? <laughs> like here's the <laughs> dude. Look at the fork of the road and turn right. We 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 had yeah I got some stories in that regard, but <laughs> but like we actually ended up burning down our um, our nudie mag trailer. When we were... <laughs> Wait, you had a trailer full of them? We so we had a we had a hideout trailer. <laughs> this, and, this story just is the one that keeps and, on giving it. And it like uh, and it we we got burned down because we were trying to burn out some wasp in there. <laughs> okay, and like and like the the fire caught on to. Uh, some uh, items in the um, in the trailer, and they just burned down. And... You know they make chemicals for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the this is the mid nineties, man. Like take, early nineties, like taking a lighter and WD forty to it, just like trying to take a <laughs> yeah. Thrower. Actually, that's exactly what we did. Uh, that yeah. sounds about right. Um, that'll do it. But anyway, so like kids today, like they have access to the internet to watch whatever they want to watch in that regard, and so the nude nudies back in our day, you just you had to hope that you found it somewhere and. Maybe someone's dad had a, a VCR tape. <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> you take it to your trailer. <laughs> I didn't no have a VCR in the trailer. <laughs> no, no wonder you burned that thing down. <laughs> Burn all the evidence. Yeah, uh, uh, but those we've they've sent us samples of the previous batches, and they were actually. I mean, they have a hefty price tag, but they were actually pretty good. I we, mean, thirty-year-old whiskey in any category is going to be. Yeah, and that people say like, "Oh, the proof," but when you get whiskey that old, you got to proof it down, tame some of that oak. So, yeah, well, yeah. except for Kenny, give me more. Oak. Yeah, oh, I need like those, oak. those dirty sweet tannins. Put more pack oak packs in there. All right, here's our last news article, and that's still Austin Whiskey Company has announced the launch of a limited edition seasonal series called Bottled and Bond. The series will feature four distinct whiskeys, each inspired by the season for which they were crafted. The first release is still Austin Bottled and Bond Red Corn Bourbon. It's inspired by the summer season and combines the nuttiness of Jimmy Red Corn with a sweet spice of rye. Distilled from a mash bill of 36% red corn, 34% white corn, 25% rye, and 5% malted barley, Red Corn Bourbon was aged at least four years and bottled at 100 proof. The bottle's summer-inspired original artwork was created by Austin local artist Mark Burkhart and features the heat-loving snake and cactus. Still Austin Bottle and Bond Red Corn Bourbon is now available for a suggested retail price of $80. There you go. Fred's favorite category. Bottle and Bond. Bottle and Bond, Hey, baby. listen. A red corn. I, I wanted to start singing Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. Jimmy Crack Corn. You know, I saw a, an interesting thing on, on Facebook the other day and they said, has anybody had a, a Jimmy Red Corn that actually tastes good? And I was like, you know, I've, I've, have, I've tried a few of them, but none of them have like really spoken to me. So I'd be interested to try yeah, this one. Yeah, because they make... Everything I've had from them has been fantastic. Dude, still st- Austin, they've been they've been crushing. Still it. Austin almost beat E. H. Taylor in the Ascots, like they for best straight bourbon. They almost and and E. H. Taylor went it, barrel proof ended up winning uh, best bourbon. But man, that was that was a judge favorite. 
I was like came in second or third in that taste off. But uh, I cannot say enough positive things about this distillery. They what what they are doing to me is like they are capturing the essence of what Kentucky bourbon is in another state, and that is fascinating. Yeah, it's the only, and not against anything Texas. It's the only Texas distillery that I can like that I can wrap my head around. Like I, it, it feels familiar to me. You know, I think they all have their own style, but this one feels the most familiar to what I'm used to with mm-hmm. bourbon yep. and rye. The rye is fantastic too. Oh yeah. Uh, and that's what I'll, I'll be interested. Hopefully we can see a bottle of this to try to figure out what's going to be. But interesting that they're coming out with a limited edition series and they're called, bottle, they're called Bottled and Bond. It's like, could just come out, I, create create something new, yeah. give it a new name. And you can still, it can still be Bottled and Bond, but it seems very generic that they would go My around. one concern about it's still Austin is like, is that they're going to fall in the trap of coming out with too many things. They have the formula for something great and their cash strength. And I feel like they should they should stick with that and not try to get too cute, uh, not be like um, Corsair did when they had they found the sweet spot with Triple Smoke like 10 years ago, but they wanted to keep putting out new stuff. Small distillers have this tendency to be like, oh my gosh. Uh, Got to chase the shiny red yeah, ball. They, or they, they, they get fans in one area, but they keep creating new skews. Like, no, focus on that one area. Yeah. I know. It's tough. You got to keep vying for attention though. It's like if you don't if you don't come out with anything, you're not going to be on this week in bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sole reason. It's as easy as it comes down to. I don't have to tell That's you. That's their sole motivation for <laughs> coming out with new products. <laughs> not going to say we're trendsetters, but who knows? But that is going to do it for another week of this week in bourbon. A very special in the studio and with Fred Minnick here today. I'm glad you were able to hear. Hey, listen, this, this man. Session with us. Um, I'm just bummed that I didn't get to take my shirt off for you. Maybe next time. <laughs> There's still. I'm about we, to take my shirt off. The air is not running in here. It's hot. <laughs> I know you're sweating more than me, and I got a hoodie on. Yeah, you told me you don't sweat. Yet, I don't so really. Like, yeah, I don't really sweat unless unless we're uh, unless I got my head in the mat and I'm you know getting choked. That's the only time I really sweat. He's in that trailer with the, <laughs> the Hornets. <laughs> I am going to say, do we put a PSA that says yeah. like, he's talking about jujitsu again? Or, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just love the stuff. I'm sorry. I get, All right. I get with pe- that, we're signing I get beat yeah. up a lot. All right. Well, if you have a trailer You used that to wrestle, you, by the way. I, I figured did. you would respect this. I, I know. I know. We just got to make sure the context is clear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Choking regarding <laughs> jujitsu, not sexual things. Yeah. Is no. that better? That's fine. Where do you keep your trailer nowadays? Uh, <laughs> Oldham County. There you go. All right. So if you're in that area, just go ahead and search for it. There'll probably be a Fred Minnick logo on the side of it. <laughs> but with that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Lock of sets. Toodles. Toodles.